Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. I wanted to take a moment and tell you about one of my favorite companies, Paleo Valley. They make some of the world's best health products, and I really love their Essential C Complex, which is one of the only immune-boosting products on the market that's made from whole food sources of vitamin C that your body can effectively absorb. You see, most vitamin C products only contain a fraction of vitamin C called ascorbic acid. This is the synthetic form of vitamin C, and it's often processed with GMO corn. With Essential C Complex, you get the full spectrum of vitamin C with all the additional nutrients, minerals, and bioflavonoids that make it so powerful in the first place, the way nature intended. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains three of the most potent sources of vitamin C on the planet, the unripe acerola cherry, the amla berry, and the kamu kamu berry. The acerola cherry alone is 120 times more potent than an orange. The daily recommended amount of vitamin C was decided upon based on the amount of vitamin C you need to not get scurvy, not really the amount you need for a stronger immune system. And this is why Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains 750% of your daily recommended value of vitamin C, completely sourced from nature, so you can thrive, not just survive. You see, vitamin C is an extremely fragile nutrient, and it can very easily lose potency if it's not processed correctly. So Paleo Valley has worked with the most responsible manufacturers they could find to gently break down each of these fruits. And to guarantee no vitamin C was lost in the processing, they recruited a non-biased third-party tester to confirm it contains the amount they put on the label. Because in times like these, when everything seems uncertain, your immune system shouldn't be. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex is non-GMO, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and made with all organic superfoods. No fillers or flow agents that you'll find in most supplements. Nothing weird, just food. Check out paleovalley.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS, just simply my last name, JOCKERS, J-O-C-K-E-R-S today to get 15% off your order. So in this podcast, I am being interviewed by my good friend, Dr. Jack Wolfson, the paleo cardiologist. We've had him on the podcast several times. So if you look at my podcast, just type in Dr. Jack Wolfson, where I interviewed him. But in this, in this podcast, he's interviewing me and we go deep on some advanced nutrition strategies, including intermittent fasting and how it helps with proteotoxicity. It helps uh, break down damaged mitochondria within the cells, senescent cardiac cells, and literally how we can transform the endothelial lining of the blood vessels, as well as improving overall cardiac function, overall heart function. 
with things like intermittent fasting as well as other advanced nutrition strategies. So I think you guys are going to really love this. Towards the end of the interview, I also tie it back into brain function. So we talk a little bit about amyloid plaque. We talk about brain inflammation, glutamate to GABA, neurotransmitter balance. So you guys are going to really like this. We go deep on some stuff, but it's very, very practical. And uh, it's the kind of podcast you really want to share with your friends and your family members. There's just so many good takeaways and so much good inspiration with this. And if you have not left us a five-star review, now is the time to do that. And I wanted to read this great review that was given to us by Jen. She says, Dr. Jockers is honest, transparent, and to the point. I love his podcast because he doesn't drag on boring information. He stays on topic with great content and information you can use daily. So glad I found this program. Well, thank you, Jen, for leaving that great review. And I would love to read your review. So just go to Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. And there should be a review area. I know there is on Apple iTunes. That's where you can leave a five-star review and leave a great comment as well. And I'd love to read it on one of our future podcasts. So thanks so much for doing that. Please share this podcast with other people. The more we share it, the more reviews you give, the more the, the, the more impact we're able to have, the more people we're able to influence and uh, really make a difference when it comes to their health and their happiness. So thanks so much for doing that. Let's go into the show. All right. So here we are with Dr. David Jockers on your path to the 100 year heart summit and again i know dr david jockers for you know for for so many years and i think you're going to love all the information that he has to share and if you're watching the video right now you can see that dr jockers has his books behind him including fasting transformations so david let's let's jump right in it and you know jump right into the fasting you know again you're a doctor you're a best selling author on fasting and keto uh you know as well but let break it down why did you, how did you get into fasting and why is this concept so important to those people looking to obtain the 100-year heart? Well, for sure, Dr. Wolfson. And, uh, you know, it's always an honor to be on anything that you're doing. And so fasting, for me, literally, I mean, helped save and transform my life. So when I was in my early 20s, I developed irritable bowel syndrome. And I was doing all the, you know, natural things at that point that I thought were healthy, um, you know, where I was eating, quote unquote, whole grains and right? Eating a, really living a healthier lifestyle. And anybody I knew that was in their early twenties and, uh, I lost 30 pounds. So I went from 170 pounds. I was a personal trainer down to about 140 pounds. And I had orthostatic hypotension where I go from sitting to standing. I feel really, really dizzy. Okay. My body took a time to adjust. Um, and I just felt awful on a regular basis. I had bloating, cramping all the time. And I realized, so I, I, I started studying, you know, other things in nutrition, I, I actually came across Dr. Mercola. He was talking about the no grain diet. And so I took grains out and I started following more of kind of a paleo style diet. Um, and that really helped. It helped me a lot. And I started gaining some of the weight back. I started feeling significantly better. And I noticed that I just wasn't as hungry. And I had started graduate school, actually chiropractic school at the time. And I had 7 a.m. classes. And I was like, you know, I'm just not hungry. I don't want to eat. I just want to hydrate, right? And so I would just drink water and I felt significantly better. I had better mental clarity, better energy. Um, my test scores were improving. Uh, I just felt significantly better not eating. And I, I would just wait until my body naturally sent hunger signals, which usually wasn't until like one or two o'clock in the afternoon, maybe even three o'clock in the afternoon. And then I would eat a whole bunch of food between, let's say like two and 8 p.m., right? 
And that's how I discovered intermittent fasting. I'd never heard the term. I just realized how much better I felt. And it wasn't until years later, actually, after I got out of school, started my clinical practice, where I started hearing that term, intermittent fasting. And I realized, you know what? That's actually what I do. This is how I live. Um, and so I started looking at the science and I realized, wow, this is one of the most anti-inflammatory things you could possibly do to downregulate inflammation. And then the new science of autophagy and how it actually enhances our body's ability to heal and regenerate cells from the inside out. I just became so fascinated with it. I've been practicing it myself, sharing it with other people and have written a book about it now. So, you know, again, the con you know, the, the conversation right now, I think, you know, again, you're you're just one of the worldwide experts on fasting. And again, you being a best-selling author of, of a book on fasting and realizing, obviously, in your contacts with, with uh individual patients uh and people who come to see you and discuss with you and your team, and then obviously all the different testimonials that you would get as people have read your book and all the commentary on on Amazon and other places about all the benefits that people are getting from intermittent fasting. And when I think about fasting for heart health, uh, it's it's really you know, whatever your cardiovascular ailment is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please understand that fasting can be beneficial to that condition, whether it's atrial fibrillation, high blood pressure, abnormal cholesterol, coronary artery disease. You know, uh, Dr. David Jockers, one of the things that I love to tell people about as it pertains to fasting is when we fast and our body is looking for food or for fuel, it will break down fat, but I believe it will also break down coronary artery disease, mm. which is really just scar tissue sitting inside the vessels. It doesn't serve any purpose, and we can use that for fuel. So what do you think about that as far as uh, uh, fasting and, like as you pointed out, inflammation, et cetera, but again, all these different cardiovascular benefits? Well, you're absolutely right. So one of the mechanisms behind cardiomyopathy or behind arterial plaque is this, this idea of proteotoxicity, where our body starts producing these abnormal proteins, which can form into scar tissue. Um, and we develop a lot of kind of older damaged, what we call senescent cells. And so the body's trying to do the best it can to, to heal itself and to survive, but it really needs this feast famine cycle where we're you know at times taking in lots of nutrients and at times not taking in nutrients and when we don't take in nutrients our insulin levels lower and i'm sure other other speakers are talking about insulin but insulin is a storage and a building hormone and so as long as insulin is elevated in our bloodstream we're going to store fat and we're going to build more cells we're going to replicate more cells by insulin dropping, which is what happens when we fast, it gets under a certain threshold. And when it does that, it signals our innate intelligence says, okay, now it's time to actually break down, cleanse and repair. And so we're gonna stop building, we're gonna stop storing, we're gonna start breaking down, building and repairing. So we need proteins for a, a wide variety of different functions. So we'll actually, in order to get those proteins, since we're not taking them in from our diet, it will start to break down inferior cells. And within each individual cell, it will say, okay, what parts of this cell are not functioning optimally? Let's break those down. Like for example, let's say we have some mitochondria. They're not able to burn fat for fuel. They can't go through the electron transport chain because they're dysfunctional. They've been damaged by oxidative stress and they're older, right? So now they're older, they're not functioning really well. 
Um, and so they're really not providing the kind of survival advantage that we need. So now we're in an environment with insulin down where now the innate intelligence can say, let's break down these mitochondria. Let's take the raw materials and let's build some new healthy mitochondria within that cell. Let's break down some of these older proteins, Golgi apparatus, right? All these different cellular organelles and let's repair, let's, let's create new, healthy, stronger, more stress resilient cellular organelles. And it really, it does that as well with scar tissue as well. So when we have scar tissue, for example, protecting that endothelial lining. I mean, that's life-saving tissue because, you know, if we don't have, if we can't repair the endothelial lining, you just bleed out. You have a hemorrhage, right? Better to have a scar tissue than a hemorrhage. But ultimately the body knows that scar tissue is not great for long-term survival. It's, it's really like a Band-Aid. It's just kind of short-term. Now it's when we put it in the environment with a low level of insulin, now it can start to break the, that scar tissue down and has time to really mold and repair the endothelial lining, improving the elasticity, improving the overall vasomotor functions there. And so that's really what happens. And so it's not that we want autophagy elevated all the time. That's not good either. It's a balance. We need times where we're in a state where we are feasting, where insulin's elevated above the threshold, but we just don't want that for very long. We want short periods of time with that. And then we want, especially as an adult, when we're a child or a pregnant woman, we're going to have higher levels of insulin because we need more growth. We need more storage, right? We're growing faster. And that's why, you know, babies are, are eating every two hours, right? Every three hours, they need that constant influx of insulin. They need, they need the nutrients. They need to grow. Once we become a full-grown adult, we only need a certain amount of insulin for a short period of time, you know, and it's going to range depending on the person's genetics, their, you know, environment that they're in, their activity, how much activity they're getting as far as how much nutrients and how, how much they need to elevate their insulin. But it's for a short period of time and we need to spend a really good period of time throughout the day with lower levels of insulin so we can break down these toxic proteins, these senescent cells and start to regenerate those and heal at the cellular level. Uh, that's fantastic stuff and so many wonderful things there to really unpack in so many different directions uh, to go. And it really, you know, you're talking about the concept of autophagy and how the body breaks down, uh, 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 you know, it, itself, again, like un unnecessary or old uh, and senescent uh, parts that need to be kind of recycled. And um, uh, that you also reference to the mitophagy and how the mitochondria themselves, how they break down. And you talk about this so well, you know, in your books and obviously on your website, drjockers.com. And uh, uh, talk to us again about, you know, we talk about, because uh, people tell me all the time, they're like, oh yeah, I practice fasting. And I'm like, well, that's really kind of like time-restricted feeding in the sense of I eat, you know, when, the, when it's light out or I eat in a certain window of time, but I guess I I kind of liken the fasting. When I think of fasting, I think about 24 hours or more, 24, 36, 72. And break that down for me, because I really think once we do some of these 72 hours water fasting, which anybody can do, because I'm a Chicago deep dish Italian beef sandwich, you know, guy historically. So I feel like if I could. If I can fast, anybody can, anybody can do it. But again, once you hit like that 72 hour mark, that's when a lot of that ma uh, magic tends to happen where you're really starting to break down, um, you know, senescent and unnecessary parts, certainly in the heart and the rest of your body. Tell me what you think. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those interesting things where there's a lot of theories out there. We don't fully know. However, 
you know, a lot of the research is done, for example, uh, Walter Longo with the fasting mimicking diet where he has people eating, but they're eating like around 40% of their normal calorie load. And then he, they're measuring, you know, what's happening, for example, you know, at three, four or five days, and they're measuring these high levels of autophagy, stem cell, which are these new young embryonic cells, these very stress resilient cells that are formed. And these are people that are still eating. They're following something called the fasting mimicking diet. So based on that, and, and, you know, people have been practicing longer water fasts for a long time. And there's been many people that have claimed, you know, really miraculous healing results doing three, four, five, you know, even 10, 12 day water fasts. And so obviously the body, the innate intelligence has more time to work. So it makes sense that the longer we're doing one of these types of fasts, the more work the innate intelligence is going, you know, the more work that it's doing as far as going after it. However, I kind of ascribe to the theory now, and, and my, my ideas have kind of evolved over time, that it's going to depend a lot about your, your, your resting insulin sensitivity. So if you're somebody that's very lean, that's very active, um, you're exercising a lot, you have a lot of muscle tissue, you're building muscle tissue, um, you're really prioritizing good sleep, sunshine, things like that, you may be able to get a pretty good amount of autophagy which is doing like a 24 hour fast, right? Just a one day fast. And perhaps even doing like a 16 to 18 hour fast on a regular basis, you probably are getting a lot of autophagy, particularly if you're doing this over and over and over again, right? And kind of living this lifestyle where, you know, on a daily basis, you're doing a 16 to 18 hour fast, you're eating your meals in this compressed eating window of let's say six or eight hours. And then you're fasting, you know, throughout the, the 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 other 16 to 18 hours. So let's say you eat your meals between 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. And then you fast outside of that. Um, that's going to give you a level of autophagy if you're very insulin sensitive. For somebody that's new to this, maybe they've got 30 pounds, maybe they're 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight. They've got, you know, heart disease. They've been inflamed. They probably have a high, they probably have high fasting insulin. They probably have insulin resistance, even if they haven't been diagnosed with it. For that individual, it's going to take longer to get a baseline level of insulin sensitivity. So when they do a 16 or 18 hour fast, it's helpful. It's extremely helpful for them. However, they're not getting to the point where they're they're really ramping up autophagy. Okay. In fact, for some of those people, it's like just starting to get some fat burning going is really crucial, but they're going to start getting better results as they extend the fast and as they do this more consistently. So I'm a huge fan of you know, if people are are motivated to do it, doing a three or five day water fast can be amazing. Um, you know, you can even do, you know, obviously herbal teas with that. Some people will do black coffee, things like that. And it can be absolutely amazing. And for most people, they notice by like day three, day four, the hunger cravings, all of that goes away and they actually just feel like they're in a, almost like a natural high, right? So endorphins are elevated, human growth hormone is elevated, the body's, you're in a deeper state of ketosis and fat burning. So you really get great results that way. However, if you are, you know, a biohacker by nature, let's say you're lifting weights on a regular basis, you're living a really healthy lifestyle, you may be able to get pretty significant results by just incorporating like a one day, 24 hour fast on a regular basis, and then just regular kind of a compressed eating window on a regular basis. And you may be able to get over, you know, accumulation of time the same level of autophagy as somebody who just says, Hey, I'm going to do, you know, a five day fast once a year or twice a year, but they're not really practicing intermittent fasting on a regular basis. 
This podcast is sponsored by Liver Health Formula from Pure Health Research. For anyone looking to ignite their fat-burning metabolism, boost their energy, and transform how they look and feel, they must start taking care of their liver. Your liver is your body's master detoxifier. It performs over 500 key functions in your body every single day. It's responsible for cleansing and removing thousands of harmful toxins, man-made chemicals, alcohol, and dangerous food additives and preservatives. And after decades of wear and tear, our livers slow down and they become sluggish. And this is why so many of us struggle with weight gain and feeling tired all the time. Fortunately, there's a simple all-natural solution that I recommend. It's called Liver Health Formula. Liver Health Formula contains 12 powerful botanicals clinically proven to recharge and protect your liver at the cellular level. It helps restore your liver's detoxifying abilities. It boosts your energy levels and can kick your natural metabolism into high gear. It also works remarkably well to fight fatty liver, which is a silent epidemic affecting 100 million Americans. And right now, as a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you're going to receive a free 30-day supply of nano-powered omega-3. This powerful blend of omega-3 fatty acids supports a healthy heart and brain with four times better absorption thanks to this special nano delivery system. You're also getting four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health and longevity, regardless of age. Just go to getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 to claim your risk-free supply of liver health formula and all five bonus gifts. That's get liver help. So G E T L I V E R H E L P dot com forward slash jockers or call 800 282 1757. You're covered by their 365 day money back guarantee. So you have nothing to risk, but supplies are limited. So go head over to get liverhelp.com forward slash chalkers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 now to order liver health formula and claim your five free bonus gifts while you still can. That's getliverhelp.com forward slash chalkers or call 800-282-1757. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because the longest I've done is the, uh, are the three-day fasts. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, you know, so for example, you'd have your last meal on Sunday night and then again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, just, you know, just pure water uh, or coffee. And that was important to me too, uh, uh, David, <laughs> because I love coffee and it was like, and, and a lot of people are in that same boat as well. Yeah. They're like, wait a second. I, um, uh, I don't want to do this or I can't do this without the coffee. So it's like, yeah. I think, you know, again, for most people, they can do fine when they're and doing coffee. And coffee actually it, stimulates but... autophagy, the chlorogenic acid, the caffeic acid, those polyphenols in there actually stimulate autophagy, right? So they actually stimulate the AMPK pathway, which um, helps with getting rid of these bad proteins. Now, there are there is a certain percentage of people that when they have coffee, it increases cravings, right? They They, they don't metabolize it well. Um, and so I always tell people as long, if you drink coffee, you should feel amazing. You should feel great afterwards. 
If you're noticing you have more cravings, you're feeling tired, fatigued, brain fog, things like that, you're probably not metabolizing it well. It may either be the quality of the coffee or maybe too much caffeine that you're having at once, or you just may be one of those types of individuals that doesn't do well with coffee. But for most people, coffee actually will enhance a fast. Well, that's uh, that's certainly good to know. And I think, you know, when I wake up on, on morning number four, which essentially is taking you to over four, you know, 72 hours, yeah. now you're kind of getting into that, you know, 80 hour, 80, 80, you know, eight hours, whatever it may be. Uh, is that it's surprising how you're not even hungry and you start to the first couple times you do this, you're, I, I'm, I started getting nervous, like, why am I not hungry now? But again, I had uh, some excess pounds to shed, uh, some, t you know, tissues that were no longer necessary. So it's like, as you start burning that, that fat for fuel, these unnecessary um you know, uh, proteins, as you mentioned, you know, for fuel, we can start to cleanse that out of the body. And you talk about also the, um, uh, you know, the abnormal proteins, we think about how they collect in the heart, certainly leading to cardiovascular issues. But of course, that would extend to brain health as well. We think mm -hmm. about amyloid uh, plaques and the issues regarding the abnormal protein formation in, in uh, brain cells and how fasting really helps to support uh, that that cleansing and detoxification. Oh, without a doubt. And fasting also stimulates nerve growth factor and BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. And this may be one of the reasons why people forever have talked about, you know, prayer and fasting and, and religious traditions. And people have talked about, you know, just, um, you know, breakthroughs, just uh, mental and um, emotional breakthroughs when they're fasting. It's because the brain actually starts to rewire, repattern itself. We reduce the inflammation. We get rid of some of the amyloid plaque. Um, and we significantly downregulate the neuroinflammasome, right? And we think about the inflammasome, it is this, this, this inflammation amplifying pathway that's designed to help protect us from pathogens. We know our ancestors, the majority of mankind of humanity has died from some level of systemic infection. So our ancestors, you know, even if they were in war or they went out for a hunt or something like that, they were rarely actually killed, you know, by let's say a spear you know, going into their system. It was usually a an infection that would come from the flesh wound, right? Or they fell or whatever it was. So infections have killed more people throughout the history of mankind than anything else. And so our body has hardwired this inflammatory storm process where it just ramps up inflammation really quickly in the body in order to protect against pathogens getting into vital organs and killing them. That's really what the inflammasome is. And so when somebody has dementia, you know, somebody's having, or let's say, you know, because dementia and Alzheimer's, we know that that's a 30-year process to develop, really just like uh, coronary heart disease. It's not something you develop overnight. It's not something you develop in a year. It's it's a process that's developed typically over 20, 30, 40 years, an accumulation process. And these are people that have this neuroinflammasome or this high, this heightened level of inflammation in the brain that's been going on for years. And that inflammation protects it in the short term However, over time, it wears that brain tissue out. And, you know, we look at the, the brain of these individuals and it's typically atrophied, it's damaged, they've got plaque built up in there. And uh, we know that when you fast, you elevate ketones and ketones are these water soluble product byproducts of fat metabolism. So most of the cells in our body can use fat for fuel and it's a great energy source. We produce a lot of energy from it and we produce very little 
oxidative stress, whereas sugar is more of a dirty fuel source where we produce a smaller amount of energy and we produce a lot of oxidative stress, a lot of free radicals. The benefit of using sugar for fuel is we can use it without oxygen. We don't need oxygen and it's very quick. Our body can convert sugar into fuel quickly. So we need it. But for most of the time, right, when we're sitting down or relaxing, we're not exercising, we want to be burning primarily fat. Now, the brain can't, can't actually burn fat itself because the, the fatty acids are too big to cross the blood-brain barrier. So the liver takes fatty acids, converts them into these smaller water-soluble byproducts called ketones, which cross that blood-brain barrier. And when ketones are elevated to a certain degree, to a certain threshold, we think that may be about, if you're measuring it on, on blood ketones, around 0.5 millimoles, possibly up to 1.0, somewhere in that range. When, they're, when those ketones get to that range, it's like a switch. It turns off inflammation in the brain. So now the brain stops pouring on that inflammatory storm, and now it starts to regulate certain neurotransmitter pathways. For example, one of the key ones is our glutamate to GABA balance. So glutamate is an excitatory neurotransmitter that helps us think sharply and quickly. GABA is the brakes, right? Just like we're driving a car, we need the gas and the brakes. For most people, when they become inflamed, the gas, we're hitting the gas too hard and our brakes are out, right? Or they're, 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 they, they need to be replaced, right? And so we're not braking on time. We're accelerating the gas and that can cause anxiety, depression, it can wear us out, right? For a lot of people, it's like they feel okay as they get going in their day, but by lunchtime, they're exhausted. Like they, they can't get anything else done that day because they're exhausted. They need a big nap in order to reset their brain. And that's a sign that we may have too much glutamate to GABA. When we get the ketones elevated in the brain, it starts to regulate these pathways, starts to reduce that inflammation. And now it puts us in an environment where our brain tissue, where we can actually heal and regenerate these neurons, these synapses, which are the little gaps that create connectivity in the brain. Um, you know, synaptic, this, the, the density of these little gaps between neurons is really going to play a critical role in your level of creative thought, your higher level cognition, your ability to react quickly to different circumstances. And um, and be productive in your life. And so um, we so when ketones are elevated, it elevates brain derived neurotropic factor, which enhances these synapses and really allows them to mature properly and uh, allow the brain to have higher level of connectivity and a higher level of function. All right, so better heart, better brain. And of course, we're talking about the path to the 100-year heart here. You know, when you go to PubMed.gov, which is the National Library of Medicine, they house every medical journal, every article that's ever been produced. And I know, Dr. David Jockers, you spend a lot of time inside of that area, as do I. And, you know, if you search intermittent fasting, 130,000 plus results uh, come up. And one of the big articles that I talk about when we talk about, well, where's the evidence? Where's the science? You know, is this just some kind of theory? And obviously, you know, you're talking about a lot of the science and a lot of the proof. But, you know, Dr. Rafael Del Cabo and Mark Matson, a couple of PhDs, they reported New England Journal of Medicine, which is, of course, one of the biggest medical journals in the world recently about improved, you know, intermittent fasting and improved blood pressure, improved HDLs and LDLs, improved triglycerides, improved glucose and lower insulin levels, lowers inflammation, lowers oxidative stress, increases heart rate variability, leads of course to weight loss, 
lowers the resting heart rate. It really is, is evidence-based that it does all this magic. And ultimately, all medical doctors know that inflammation is bad, but their response to that is aspirin and statins and other anti-inflammatory measures that unfortunately are not very effective or in fact ineffective or in fact dangerous mm -hmm. and uh and and fasting is a is just the perfect strategy to be able to help do things like uh lower inflammation so maybe if you would again kind of review again about uh fasting and inflammation and why that's so important yeah for sure and and sometimes those the the medical anti-inflammatories can be very powerful, but they're never getting to the root cause. And so they're only going to work short term and long term they can actually cause more problems. And so fasting really addresses the root cause because when we think about inflammation, the root cause is coming from a few things. Most commonly in our society, there's an insulin resistance component. So what, what happens there is our body, we have elevated blood sugar and we know sugar molecules themselves well, when they're elevated, they'll bind to proteins inside of our blood and they'll create a, a level of proteotoxicity where they create these advanced glycation end products or AGEs. So if we're talking about a hundred year heart, you, know, you got to do everything you can to reduce things that age you like AGEs, right? Um, and so these AGEs will damage the endothelial lining of your blood vessels in particular. It's one of the main areas they damage. Um, and create that plaque that's in the, the arteries. And so insulin actually is a hero hormone where its job is to get the sugar out of the bloodstream into the cells where it can be used for energy. And that helps reduce that proteotoxicity because it gets the sugar levels down. So we produce less of these AGEs. The problem is when we keep elevating our blood sugar, because we're eating every few hours, we're eating processed foods and foods that are that have a high glycemic index or high glycemic load, then we have to keep producing insulin and we have to keep getting that, you know, doing our best to try to get the sugar into the cell. And if we're not moving our body well, we end up getting too much sugar into the cell. And when that happens, we create too much oxidative stress. So the body says, well, hey, we need to protect these cells. So we're going to downregulate our insulin receptors. So insulin now is trying to bind to the sugar and get it out of the, the, the system, but it can't find receptors. So we produce more and more and more insulin. And that actually goes along with more inflammation in the body. So fasting helps lower your insulin load, creates better sensitivity where the insulin is able to get the sugar out of the cell by responding and opening the insulin receptor door on the cell and allowing the sugar molecule to go in there. So it does that. But fasting also helps to modulate the gut microbiome. And so when we talk about inflammation, we have to go beyond just insulin. We have to also talk about what's happening at our gut microbiome level because inside of our gut, the gut mucosa and the and the bacterial balance, the, the microbes that are in there, that's about 80% of our immune system. People ask, you know, where is your immune system? Well, about 80% of it's in your gut. It's really your mucous membranes of your of your uh your body, so your respiratory pathways, you know, everywhere where there's a mucous membrane, that's really where your immune system is. And so in the gut, we have this mucosal membrane right above one cell, you know, our gut lining is one cell thick. So only one cell, whereas like with our skin, we have many, many different cells protecting the, the inside of our body, the blood vessels from the external environment. In the, in the intestines, we only have one cell and that's because our body was designed to prioritize nutrient assimilation above, you know, protecting against pathogens when it comes to the gut. 
right? Because food was scarce for much of our history. And so when we did have food, we needed to prioritize getting the nutrients and the calories from that food. Now food is so abundant. And so our body just, you know, hasn't had time to build more layers in that intestine. And so what we have to protect against now is bacteria and pathogens getting into, we have to protect against damage to the gut, right? We call that intestinal permeability or leaky gut, and then uh, pathogens seeping into the bloodstream. And so when we fast, what actually happens is this, is that first off, we take mechanical stress off the gut. So kind of like a broken ankle. So if we are, you know, if we, if we have constant mechanical stress going through the gut, it's going to start to create more inflammation and stress on those tissues. So we need time to rest and heal. You know, it's like there were football games this Sunday. Those football players got beat up, right? They're not going to go play a football game the next day. They're going to, they need a few days of rest and repair, and then they're going to go practice again, right? It's kind of like that with our gut. We need some time to rest and repair, to, to heal and regenerate. So first thing we do with fasting is we take mechanical stress off the gut. The second thing is that inside of our gut, our, our microbiome, we have primary feeders and we have secondary feeders. So primary feeders live right on the top of the mucosa. And so because they live right on the top, they have first access to food and to breaking down fibers and, and polyphenols and, and starches and sugars and, and consuming those. And if we're constantly eating, we, we preferentially feed those primary feeders and they crowd out because all these bacteria are competing. So when they overgrow, they crowd out the secondary feeders. The secondary feeders live deep in the gut mucosa. One of the key secondary feeders has been well-studied. It's called Ackermansia mucinophilia. Mucinophilia means mucus loving. It can actually eat the intestinal mucosa and produce energy from that. But it also loves polyphenols. It loves colorful you know, fruits and vegetables and all the different compounds that are in those. And Ackermansia, one of the key things it does is it produces something called urolithins. Urolithins are these compounds that stimulate intestinal cell mitophagy. We talked about you know, mitophagy earlier when we talked about breaking down old damaged mitochondria. The mitochondria produce all the energy in the cell. So the more healthy mitochondria you have in a cell, the more stress resilient that cell is going to be. And so when it comes to our intestinal lining, we want our intestinal lining to be as strong and stress resilient as possible. So Ackermansia really facilitates that by delivering these urolithins into the intestinal cells, stimulating mitophagy and stimulating mitochondrial biogenesis, producing more healthy mitochondria within those intestinal cells. And so that creates a stronger, more stress-resilient uh, intestinal lining. But if we're constantly eating, we crowd out and we end up with reduced levels of acromansia. So the intermittent fasting actually allows for the primary feeders to die down just a little bit. It's like trimming the hedges. You know, a good analogy I like to use is in my in my yard here, we have an apple tree and we have a blueberry bush. And the apple tree sits, you know, it's probably about 10 feet away from the blueberry bush and it and it grows quickly. And so every year we actually have to trim the hedges. We have to actually, you know, cut off branches on the apple tree, which you think, okay, that's going to harm the apple tree. We're probably reducing the amount of apples we get. But if we don't do that, the sun doesn't get on the blueberry bush and we don't get blueberries. We want apples and blueberries. So we actually cut, trim down the hedges on the apple tree. That's what you do when you're intermittent fasting. You're helping trim down those primary feeders, allow the secondary feeders to preferentially grow. And now you have a good balance there. So now when you're consuming you know, healthy foods, ideally, 
um, now you're going to produce those urolithins and you're going to have really strong stress resilient intestinal uh, intestinal cells that are going to be able to handle more stress when you consume food. Every time you eat food, that is a tremendous stress on that intestinal lining. So you want those cells to be as stress resilient as possible. When you do that, that reduces intestinal permeability, which reduces inflammation. I just want to interrupt this podcast to tell you how important your immune system is and how it protects you from viruses, bacteria, parasites, and other pathogens. You see, your body was created to overcome the challenges from the environment. However, you must be an active participant and work to make your body stronger and more resilient to stress. And that is why I created our 10-in-1 Immunocharge formula because it's designed to help you do that. As I was studying the immune system, I found that there are critical nutrients that really support your body and give you more immune modulating power. These include things like quercetin, resveratrol, vitamin D, vitamin A, selenium, zinc, vitamin C, N-acetylcysteine, vitamin K2, and magnesium. And I used to supplement with all of these. I was taking 14 different capsules to get all these critical nutrients. And that is why I designed a product called Immunocharge. I actually put all of these nutrients in their clinical dosages that actually work in your body that are research-based. And all you have to do is take four capsules a day. So I take two capsules twice a day to help strengthen my immune function, to help keep inflammation under control. And so this really works and it really helps. It's called Immunocharge. You can actually get 30% off by going to store.drjockers.com forward slash products forward slash immunocharge, I-M-M-U-N-O-C-H-A-R-G-E and use the coupon code immune30 at checkout to save 30% off on immunocharge. Whatever you do, you've got to take, you got to do everything you can to keep your immune system as strong and healthy as possible so you can be resilient to the different environmental stressors you face. Immunocharge is there to help you with that. Again, go to store.drjockers.com forward slash products forward slash immunocharge. Use the coupon code immune30 at checkout to save 30% off today. Now that's uh, fantastic stuff. And I was going to, you know, reach, uh, you know, to the next point, right. And talk about the gut microbiome and its relation to fasting. So you put it so well there and some great examples. Again, I love the tree and the, and the blueberry, you know, bush uh, and, and how that all works together. And, uh, you know, really science right now in a lot of the holistic and natural community and, and even the medical community of course is really embracing the concept of the gut microbiome like you said for the immune system i often talk about leaky gut equals leaky heart and of course leaky brain and i guess kind of leaks of all all uh interfaces if you will all these endothelial uh and epithelial surfaces that start to break down and it all just stems from gut health and how intermittent fasting uh, and and taking a break can really allow your gut microbiome to kind of replenish and and become an, into its natural state. So I, I think we've kind of really touched on a lot of the stuff about fasting, and this has been wonderful. But I know that you, like myself, we enjoy the feast much more than we love the you yeah. know, enjoy the famine part of it. So what are some of Dr. David Jocker's feast recommendations, obviously, as it pertains to yeah. cardiovascular health and total body health. So tell us some of the stuff that you that you love to eat your top foods to eat, and then tell us the top foods you don't eat. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll start with what I don't eat. I uh, do my best to avoid sugar, any sort of processed foods. Uh, definitely avoid those trans fats and seed oils, those and 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 chemicals. Do my best to avoid all of those. And then I really prioritize protein, right? I, I usually lift weights five or six days a week, right? And I exercise regularly. So I need cell regeneration. So I consume a lot of protein. I'm usually consuming, you know, 50 grams or so every time I eat. So grass-fed beef um, is probably my favorite form. Wild-caught salmon, uh, pasture-raised eggs. So I'm consuming a lot of those things. Um, and then healthy fats, avocados. I, I love holly, high polyphenol, fresh-pressed, extra virgin olive oil. One of the best things. And I do a lot of colorful fruits and vegetables. So one of my favorite things is my Mediterranean salad that I make all the time where I have cucumbers, artichokes. Artichokes are one of the best things for liver, helping stimulate bile flow, digestive juices. I love hearts of palm. So I put that in there. I put tomato, I put bell pepper, um, olives, black olives, or you could do green. Um, I, I prefer, I, I enjoy the black the most. And um, let's see what else I'll put in maybe some feta cheese in there sometimes. Um, and that's pretty much it. And then I put extra virgin olive oil, lots of herbs, basil, oregano, thyme, a lot of those Mediterranean herbs that really smell great. Those actually help stimulate autophagy as well. Like all those Mediterranean herbs have something called carvacrol in them and rosmarinic acid, which helps stimulate my uh, mitophagy and autophagy as well. And they're very antimicrobial. So they help regulate your gut. They're carminative herbs that help reduce gas, bloating. Um, they're very uh, good for your immune system, help support your immune system as well. And they taste great. So I put all that in there and lemon juice, right? So I make my own kind of dressing with lemon juice, herbs, and the high polyphenol, fresh pressed, extra virgin olive oil that I put in there. So I love that. And I usually have that with meat and I eat that all the time. I love berries. So I do uh, like a Greek yogurt, organic Greek yogurt. And I love berries. So blueberries, strawberries are my favorite, raspberries. Um, so I'll get polyphenols from all of those. Uh, I do protein shakes. We use raw milk uh, over here and I'll put in um, an avocado in there to make it more like a pudding and some good quality like grass-fed whey protein after a workout or some uh, collagen protein or something like that. And uh, so protein shakes I love. I love dark chocolate, which has theobromide. It has uh, uh, catechin antioxidants, kind of the same antioxidants that we find in green tea. So I love that. love a little dark chocolate. But typically with my meals, I really prioritize protein, healthy fats, and lots of colors. And if I do that, then I know I'm, I'm going to feel great. Now that all sounds uh, delicious. I get two, you know, two things, uh, and you're welcome to comment. You know, number one is we always throw anchovies into the homemade salad dressing. There you along go. With those other things, I like to throw in black cumin seed uh, into that as well. And then if we do like a raw milk, raw honey smoothie, we'll throw in some raw liver, which uh, <laughs> uh, adds something there you to go. it. But uh, in addition, you know, I actually to, uh, my favorite organ things. meat. My favorite organ meat is heart. I actually really enjoy heart. Get it from our uh, local farmer out here. Liver has is super gamey, right? If uh, if for some reason you have trouble eating liver, try heart because it actually tastes great. Like you can cook up a heart, and you know your family probably wouldn't know unless you told them it was heart. It actually tastes more like steak. Well, in the raw state though, too, like raw liver doesn't mm. have much of a taste to it. Uh, when you cook it, it does, it brings out so much of the flavors, 
uh, that some people love and some people don't. But in its raw state, uh, it seems to you know fit into that smoothie pretty well. And you know, truth mm. be told, we'll just eat like chunks of it, and we do freeze dried liver and stuff like that in our freeze jar. What's uh, what's your position on fermented foods? Yeah, actually, I love fermented foods. Love apple cider vinegar, uh, sauerkraut. So I'll have some of that from time to time. Uh, pickles. My family we eat pickles naturally, you know, in natural brine on a regular basis. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of fermented foods. We do great with those as well. And then uh, gluten. What are your thoughts on uh, wheat, barley, rye, and the gluten-containing grains? You know, me personally, I don't consume them, or, or I, if I do, it's extremely rare. I think some people have, you know, very strong reactions. Other people, it's probably going to be more of like an accumulation where they can get away with a little bit. And I think if you're more insulin sensitive and you have a stronger, more stress-resilient intestinal lining, you probably can handle a little bit, but you should always know your threshold. So if you're out there and you're like, hey, I love a you know piece of pizza every now and then or whatever it is, um, just know your threshold level, right? Where where you start to drive up more inflammation. Don't get carried away with it. Keep it under control. And if you know if you're practicing really healthy habits, ninety percent of the time you're probably going to be fine. Obviously, if you've been diagnosed with celiac disease in the past, celiac is a late stage disorder. Or if you have a family member that has, or if you felt bad when you ate gluten in the past, do your best to limit it or avoid it altogether. Excellent. Excellent stuff. You know, a couple more, you know, think, you know, studies that I love to quote, uh, you know, this is from the journal circulation, 2019 routine fasters had 71% less heart failure. Routine fasters had 42% less heart attacks. And then ultimately routine fasters had a 49% greater survival uh, over, a, you know, over a certain length of time as well. So just I can see why you're so emphatic about it and how you wrote yeah. a book on it. And again, and the it's book free. Is just, and it's free, and it's right? Free. Fasting and is free, free, right? Yeah. So people are always talking about, hey, you know, these supplements or healthy food costs this amount of money. Intermittent fasting is one of the most powerful, inexpensive, and ancient practices. You know, all of our ancestors did it. It's built into our DNA. It's built into our genes. I mean, we were designed to go through periods of famine. And, and to become stronger and more stress resilient through it. You know, our ancestors had to do that. If they got weaker when they fasted, as a species, we wouldn't be here. But because we got stronger, that gave us more drive to go out and to find the kill, right? Find food somewhere, right? Whether it was, you know, berries that we found or killing an animal or something like that, um, we actually became more primed and stronger and stress resilient. And so, you know, it's if you're not doing that, you're missing out on your, your ancestral birthright. No, I mean, and fasting, right? I mean, fasting not only is it free, but it saves you money. Because again, yeah. if you're if you're meal skipping or if you fast 24 hours in a week, I mean, that's 15% of your food budget. And yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, right? In my experience, most people don't come back and make up that caloric, you know, deficit, yeah. uh, especially when they're eating the right foods. Like you can never eat too much salmon or free range grass fed meats or, you know, other wild totally. seafoods or the nuts, seeds, eggs, avocados, like the good food you can't overdo it on maybe yeah. on fruit, but again, like everything else, you know, you can't overdose on those. Yeah, for sure. And one of the issues with insulin resistance is when you're insulin resistant, it's like you, you have cravings all the time and you eat and yet eating doesn't take away the craving because your body is so bad. at It's so dysfunctional. It's, tr it has so much trouble getting the sugar into the cell. So your cells are still starving and they're still sending out signals. Hey, I'm not getting the nutrients I need, even though you just ate this big meal. So you ate this meal and then you're like, I got to have something sweet. Like I, I need sugar of some type. 
And then you have that and it still doesn't take away the craving. And then you got to take a nap because you, you feel exhausted, right? And you put all this load on your digestive system. And when you fast, you get that insulin sensitivity. So now your body is good at actually delivering the nutrients to the cell. So you get these natural satiety signals and you end up eating the right amount of food that you need. All right. Well, last uh, last question for you. We'll, I'll, I'll totally change up the gears a little bit. You know, listen, I know that you are a family man and your wife, Angel, and your four beautiful children. And I see, you know, the uh, the images on Facebook or when we, you know, when we do run into each other, which hopefully will be more often in the future. But and you're also a man of religious faith as well. Um, talk about, again, how important the concept is of, find, you know, a natural heart doctor, eat well, live well, think well, this whole think mm-hmm. well. And it's about finding your happy. How, do, how does Dr. David Jockers continue to find his happiness? And what lessons can we teach uh, our listeners? Yeah, I mean, that's such an important lesson. And so I'm just grateful. You know, I'm grateful for how God, power God has taken me in my life. I'm grateful that I'm healthy. You know, I try to find things that I can be grateful for on a regular basis for my family, uh, for getting it, being able to do work that I, I really enjoy and that I'm passionate about. And, you know, just like anybody, like there's days where it's like, oh man, I'm just not feeling it. Getting out in the sun as much as you can, or, you know, this does cost money, but um, if if you're in a place where getting sun, where it's harder, getting it from like a red light therapy box or an infrared sauna, getting that infrared um, is so helpful. And so, you know, there's an ancient proverb that says, if you want to be happy and you want to have great energy during the day, watch the sun rise. And if you want to sleep well at night, watch the sunset. And sunrise and sunset, you have this amazing amount of red light and also infrared. And that is really great for mitochondrial stimulation, for reducing inflammation in the body. So that's how you get it naturally, sunrise and sunset, being outside, outdoors. But you can also get a box, like a red light therapy box. And that can be extremely helpful as well, just from a physiological perspective. But Beyond that, just being grateful, you know, I would highly recommend having, you know, finding your connection with God. Uh, I would highly recommend that. Um, But, you know, just being in a state of gratitude on a regular basis. For me, I read the Bible, I pray, I worship, have worship music on on a regular basis, Um, pray with my kids, my my wife, and um, yeah, and then just pursue the life that I love. Yeah, you know, because there's so much debate that goes on, obviously, in the food industry and in the food side of things, and everybody's a food guru, but we forget about the other stuff, you know, again, the sunshine, the importance of sleep, the physical activity, mm. uh, you know, obviously, chiropractic care, dental, uh, yeah. you know, health and wellness, and then, you know, ultimately, yeah, that think well of finding your happiness and uh, uh, you know, again, you, David, you know, Dr. David Jocker is just a wonderful example uh, and just a plethora of knowledge. You just unloaded so much stuff that's of incredible value to everybody, you know, who's here. And again, appreciate you and your books and again, your service to everyone. There's a lot of people who are against our message, but we'll keep powering forward and uh, we'll keep moving people on their path uh, to the, you know, 100 year heart with, uh, with uh, uh, the truth. So again, I appreciate you being on this episode of the Your Path to the 100 Year Heart Summit. Dr. Jack Wolfson for Dr. David Jockers. We will see you next time. Well, that's all for this show. And I wanna thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you wanna dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, 
then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.